It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Drops the throw, steps up, floats a bomb up the right seam, looking for Anderson. He's got it. They're not going to catch him. He's going to go the distance. Touchdown. Sam Darnold dials it up to Robbie Anderson. 92 yards. Bell into the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. Pass thrown, there was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studios, courtesy of The Athletic, a subscription-based sports news site for real fans. It's a great mix of national voices that you already know, like Jay Glazer, Mike Sandell, Mike Lombardi, the late, great Don Banks, or for The Athletic, too, and awesome local writers. In fact, one of my buddies, Harif Hassan, covers the Vikings, and I was just reading an awesome article that he wrote about this critical offseason for the Vikings. So if you're somebody that likes coverage of your own team, Great, plenty of that, but if you're somebody that likes coverage of other teams like I do, you can get tons of great writers that cover teams besides your own, and as I said, great national writers too. And here's the best part, not only do you get first-rate reporting, but you get all kinds of great analysis, advanced analytics, in-depth player profiles, and more, and it's completely ad-free, no clickbait, just great content. Pro sports, college sports, The Athletic has it all. So if you're not subscribing yet, you're really missing out. Want to get in on the action? I got a great deal for you. Just for being a Play Like a Jet listener, you can go to theathletic.com slash overtime, all lowercase letters, and you'll get yourself 40% off a year subscription. 40%, that's a lot. Go to theathletic.com slash overtime, all lowercase letters, and get all of this fantastic sports coverage in The Athletic for 40% off today. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we are joined from Mobile, Alabama by our man on the scene for TurnOnTheJets.com, credentialed like the pro that he is, Mr. Clayton Smarslock. Clayton, what's going on in Alabama? I heard it's pretty cold down there right now. Yeah, man, I'm not used to this. I got I got adjusted to the Florida weather, and it's getting a little too cold for me, <laughs> even though I've been from Jersey my whole life. I know you miss the pizza. I'm sure you don't miss the cold weather here in Jersey. Oh, yeah, it's definitely a shame I can't get some good pizza down here, but uh, I'll, I'll have to deal with it if the, if the trade-off is the weather. This is true. You get the good weather, you don't get the good pizza, but the good news is when you come in to visit, all the good pizza is here for you. So it's a shame that you only get the good pizza a couple of times a year, but at least you get the weather that's good all year round, right? Yeah, pretty much. I I guess I'll make that trade. And Orlando is where you can find the immortal Hulk Hogan, so you can go into his gym, get in a workout, and then see him flexing the 24-inch pythons, brother. But Clayton, (laughs) let's talk about some guys that are as strong as the Hulk in real life, and they're going to need to be as we go through this draft process. And you saw a bunch of them on the field at Senior Bowl practice today. So before we get into what happened with the media and all that, let's talk about what you saw on the field. We'll start with the offense. Who'd you see that impressed you, and who'd you see that maybe didn't impress you? You know, in the first practice, uh, I was—I really paid attention to the receivers. And as a big Florida fan, 
I really wanted to watch Van Jefferson against these cornerbacks. Like, I know, like, unfortunately, Christian Fulton and Jeff Gladney dropped out earlier in the week, but there were still some good cornerbacks in this group, and Van Jefferson absolutely dominated. Like, he was just as smooth as we expect, or at least as I expected him to be as a route runner. Uh, he was setting up his routes, and he does a tremendous job, especially in the, with his slants. He sets them up so well. He makes the cornerbacks turn their hips, and he's able to get on the inside so quickly, and the quarterbacks were able to put it up right on him, thankfully. Um, and in addition to him, <clears throat> Devin Duvernay from uh, Texas, he was the same way. He was a little speedier than I thought he was going to be. He's, uh, he weighed in pretty well, and he just had a very solid practice, good hands, uh, good route running. Uh, and as I mentioned, he's a little faster than I thought he'd be. So those, I would say those are the two, the two main guys, from, at least from the first practice, that really shined on the offensive side. What's the buzz with Jefferson? Where are we looking in terms of his stock right now? Because the obvious connection there is with his father, who's the wide receivers coach, Sean Jefferson, for the New York Jets. That's a guy that's been mentioned in conjunction with the Jets a lot because we know they need a receiver, and it would be cool to watch the father-son reunion. What are people thinking right now in terms of where he could go in the draft? Yeah, so going into the week, I, I tried asking around. I looked around, and I was mostly getting like a like – Early day three, maybe uh, early day three pick, and I think with this week, I, I was I was high on him. I, I think I I believe I had a third round pick, a third round grade on him, and I had a feeling with this week he could really show off his route running in front of everyone and get him into that day two range. He won't be a first round pick. Let's get let's get that straight. He won't be a first round pick, but I think he'd be a solid addition to a team in the third round at this point. That would be interesting to see if the Jets are able to add him in the third round because we know they have a lot of needs along the offensive line, cornerback, edge rusher, and certainly they could use a wide receiver. But if they could get somebody who's as polished as Jefferson in the third round, that would be awesome. I'm curious to see how it plays out throughout the rest of the process. Who would you see that impressed you and didn't quite impress you on the defensive side of the ball? On the defensive side, it was, it was two guys in particular that I really, really liked. <clears throat> it was... Uh, Jonathan Grenard, another Florida Gator, uh, his quickness off the snap is incredible. And I, I know I know a lot of Jet fans are going to see Florida and Ezra Rusher and be like, nope, especially after what happened with Ja'Kai Polite. But Grenard is not Ja'Kai Polite. I spoke to him today at Media Day. He was an incredible person. Like, he was a stand-up guy. He was a captain with the Gators in his only season there. I mean, he is the complete opposite of Ja'Kai Polite. And he showed it here today. Like his snap, uh, as I mentioned, his quickness off the snap, he had really good weigh-in measurables. He has very long arms. He's big. He's strong. He's filled out. I think he he probably has a chance to go in the early day two range. He's going to be a little bit of an older prospect. I I believe he was a he's a redshirt senior, so he might be a little bit on the older side. But for what he can provide for a defense off the edge, I think is something you really you just have to consider, like not consider the age at that point. Uh, so I, I, I could see him being a target for the Jets day too. And then also, uh, and I believe, yeah, I, I put him in my uh, my defensive preview article with him on the Jets, and that's Darnay Holmes, the quarterback from UCLA. He, uh, I didn't really watch too much of him before I came down here. But I, I try to I try to watch as much as I could because I knew I was going to write about him. So I watched him, liked him, put him on the article, and then came here. I have him. I 
uh, I took a video of him at Media Day, and that's kind of blowing up with over 2,000 views right now. And then at the practice, he just continued to dominate. Like, I loved his mirroring skills. He's very shifty. He, he's quick. Uh, I, I loved his. Uh, I loved how he was able to. He was able to attack the receiver in front of him. I, I really liked everything about him. The size isn't quite there. He's a little bit on the shorter side, but I, I don't think that's going to be too much of an issue. I, I like how he's pretty versatile in the fact that he could be in the corner. He could play on the outside, and just do a pretty good job. Like I, I'm really high on Jeff Gladney, the cornerback in TCU. I think. I, I could see Holmes as a a Gladney light, pretty much. So he's not going to be at that level. He's not going to be a first round pick in my mind, but I could see him being. He can get into that day, like early day two, like maybe like in between the second and third round, somewhere in like that, uh, like fifty to seventy range. Was there anybody that you saw when you were watching the practice that stood out to you beyond the guys that you just talked about that might be a nice fit on the Jets in your mind at any particular position? I've tried to look at the offensive line for a little bit in the first practice. I want I try to focus that on that more in the second one because they had some better prospects. But I do like Logan Sternberg from uh, from Kentucky. I don't know if he's going to be the greatest fit for this offense. I'm still trying to figure out what the Jets want to do with their offensive line because they're going to change. They could honestly change all five positions this upcoming offseason. Uh, but Sternberg, he's a, he's more of a physical guy. He's not the uh, he's not going to pull tremendously. He's not going to get to the second level all that quickly. But he's a physical dominant guy at the point of attack, and he did a really good job today. So I don't know if the Jets are necessarily going to want him. I don't know if they want that kind of lineman. But if they do he could definitely be on their radar for, I'd say, like a fourth-round pick. What do you think about the prospect of the Hennessy brothers being a force for good in New York for years to come? Yeah, so Hennessy was in the uh, was in the second practice, and I I could definitely see it. And obviously, as we all know, the Jets need a center. They, they needed one ever since Nick Bangold left. And I spoke to Hennessy today. He is a, he's a really nice person. I like how he holds himself. I, I and then on the field, he had a really solid practice. Nothing spectacular, but it was really solid. And I think it was something that he really needed because this, this center class is kind of up for grabs right now. With Creed Humphrey going back, Tyler Byadish not having all that great of a 2000, 2019, excuse me. Matt Hennessy could get his name into that top two, three, four range with a good week here, which today was a good start to that. And so if he, if he can get to the Jets and team up with his brother and ask him that today, how he would feel about doing that, he said he would love it. And maybe he also said that he was a long snapper, maybe tries to take his brother's position. <laughs> Add a new level to sibling rivalry. We got some questions, by the way, Clay, before we get into some more of the media stuff. Michael Christopher wanted to know what you thought about Michael Pittman Jr. So Pittman Jr., I, I wasn't able to watch him too much today. But there is one clip going out where he just absolutely torched uh, Sang ba- uh, Bassey, the corner from Wake Forest, I believe. And I, I, it's tough because Pittman, from what I don't, did see on film and here, is that the separation isn't going to be that great. That's not, that's not going to be his game. He's going to be a more physical receiver um, at the top of his route, like wherever it is, over the middle of the field. He's going to be that kind of receiver and occasionally take the top off the defense even though he doesn't have like world breaking speed or anything, he'll probably, he'll probably run in like the 
mid four fives, maybe even close to four six. Who knows? We'll have to wait until uh, the end of February to see that. But I do like him as a prospect. I like what he brings to to the team, and he could probably fit into the the third round. I, I think that's a solid spot for him. I wouldn't be shocked to see him go round two, but I also wouldn't be shocked to see him go round four, just based off his lack of consistent separation. Paul Eston from the Jet Press and the Score 1260 in Syracuse wanted to know about his Syracuse boy, Alton Robinson, out on the edge. Alton Robinson, I actually only saw him on two reps today. And on both reps, well, I should say one rep, he absolutely just got, he got past that right tackle so quickly, it like happened in the blink of an eye. Uh, granted, the right tackle lost three consecutive reps to three different people, so I don't know if that says more about him or if that says more about Robinson. Either way, it was still good to see. And then in the other rep, it was some, he, he was actually going against the left guard rather than going on the outside, so I guess they're trying to move him around a little bit. And he had a chance to beat him, but I, I don't know what really happened. I'll have to like, watch the the, uh, the video again, but he kind of just like let the left guard right back into it to stop him. So, I mean, those are the only two refs I really paid attention to for him, but I, he's someone I'm intrigued about. I, I tried to watch him a little bit over the summer, and I, was, I thought there were some good things. There were some things I wasn't too sure about. I'd have to go back to the notes to see exactly what it was. But uh, I, from what I remember and what I've seen, I could see him as a, as a solid uh, option in day three. Curtis Ludden wants to know about Anthony Jennings from Alabama. Anthony Jennings, like I, I, I actually didn't even see him on the field today. So that's definitely someone I want to see. If he's in the first practice tomorrow, I forget which, uh, which team he's on. But if I can watch him tomorrow, I definitely will because I liked him on tape. Uh, he, on the Alabama defense, it's kind of tough to just stand out unless you're like a Quinn and Williams because there's just so many good defenders. It's so hard for that to ha- for you to stand out, and he didn't really do it at Alabama. He was a solid player, but he never really stood out. But I felt like whenever I did see him, he he was making just solid plays. Nothing that was like mind blowing or anything, but he was just making plays, and that's all you can ask for out of a player. So I I don't I know down here that he's actually listed as a regular linebacker. So they're moving him around. They're letting him play in space. They're letting him come off the edge. And we'll have to see what happens there because it's, it's very telling when, it, when they do that at the Senior Bowl because that's what the NFL wants to see. The NFL wants to see him move around and play in space rather than come off the edge right now. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how, where he gets drafted and how he's going to be used at the next level. Gener93 wants to know if you got to watch Heck and Jones, the two tackles. Heck, I, honestly, I actually saw his last name. And I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't even know about that. And uh, I actually didn't even watch him. And then I'm assuming you mean Josh Jones? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was able to watch him. I am actually a pretty big fan of his. I have him as a, I believe, an early round two prospect at this moment. And he had, a, he had a solid practice. I was hoping to see a little more dominance. But it wasn't bad. Like, I, I think the big thing with him is like he has, he has the length. He has some athleticism. He has strength. He just needs a little better technique. Uh, his footwork could be a little messed up. It could be a little inconsistent. We'll say that. And for, as far as his hands, like he has good punches, but he get, he can get them up a little late. I would like to see him get, have a little bit better uh, hand usage, get them up quicker, 
hit the guys before he hit, before he gets hit, and just and I, I feel like if he can just build on that, that his athleticism alone in size will just make him into that top twenty prospect. And Jim Nagy, and he even mentioned it earlier, I believe it was yesterday, that uh, at this moment he's a, he's a first round pick. So right now I see him going in the first round, even though I have him as an early two. I don't have thirty two first round picks, uh, first round grades. So I see Jones going in the first round in every mock draft that he do from here on out. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. What about the quarterbacks today? There's been a lot of buzz that perhaps if they do well at the practices and in the Senior Bowl itself, that they could get pushed up the board, particularly Justin Herbert. What'd you see today? Herbert was Herbert. I mean, there was flashes and then there was some lows. I mean, he was he didn't have a he didn't have a bad day by any means, but he just didn't stand out as that top tier guy. But then again, I mean, Josh Allen didn't perform all that great at the senior bowl. Uh, he had, I, I believe his first, like Josh Allen, his first day was bad and the second day was really good. So who knows, maybe Herbert can have a day like that tomorrow. Uh, and then a couple other quarterbacks that I actually did pay attention to and liked were uh, Steven Montez. Uh, he, he had a live arm, showed accuracy to all, uh, all parts of the field. And that's someone that was really like on my radar. I knew who he was, obviously, from Colorado, but not someone I really paid too much attention to. And surprisingly, Shea Patterson actually played pretty well, in my opinion. I know some others don't think that he had that great of a practice, 
But I thought he played pretty well. I thought the arm was good enough. I thought the accuracy was there. He was consistent. I, I then again, like I see him playing well here because I also didn't think that he was draftable coming into this week. I, I didn't like what I saw at Michigan or at Ole Miss, so I didn't think he was draftable. But for him to show up and actually play at least well enough today to make me recognize that uh, he had a good day, hey, that's that's a winner in my book. What's going on with the Daniel Jeremiah mock draft? I would imagine that it's causing quite a stir down at the Senior Bowl because it certainly was causing a stir on Twitter. Yeah, it actually came out during media day. And I'm trying to like go through my phone to I'm, – I'm taking videos and putting, putting on Twitter. I'm doing this and doing that. And then I see Daniel Jeremiah put up a post about his mock draft. So I obviously click it open. And I couldn't believe it, but Kai Becton is – the fourth player off the board. Um, I mean, I like him. I, I could see him. I, I see him being a first round pick, just like Josh Jones. I, I believe at the early second. It, it's way too early for Beckton. I need to watch more, but I, I see him as an early second pick, and see him going in the first round from here on out. So to see him go fourth overall, it was just like, kind of shocking to me because uh, he's a really big guy. I, I believe we were speaking about it a little beforehand. And I forget his exact measurements, but he's like six, seven, three hundred, like sixty, seventy pounds, whatever it is. Like he's a big boy, but he's also very athletic. So I'm gonna be curious to see if he actually goes up that far. But as we both know, Daniel, Daniel Jeremiah, he he has the ends. Like he he knows what players teams are talking about. So if he has him a fourth, that's something to pay attention to. Were people talking about the mock draft when it came out? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of a lot of the guys that I was around, uh, like they they started talking about it right away, and they were, they were shocked at Becton just as well because that's that's obviously the the biggest one of the entire mock draft. Like, yeah, Caleb on Chase on like he went he went to the Jets at eleven, but like I've seen that before. Even though it is a little different, I have seen that before. Like you don't see Becton this early, especially from a, a top tier guy like Daniel Jeremiah. So that definitely got some people talking about it, and then I'm gonna be going out later tonight, and I'm sure it's gonna be brought up. And, uh, and I'm sure people are just going to keep talking about it. Looking forward to hearing some of that gossip when you come on for the next show. I will say I love Becton. I think he's going to be awesome. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he ends up going in the top 15. And he does seem to fit what Dave Gettleman likes, a big giant mauler. Because the thing with Becton is he is an absolute monster in the run game. And he was a bit of a work in progress in the pass game. But over the last year, he really improved his footwork. He really improved his technique and his balance. And he was a lot better. Better in pass protection his final year at Louisville so I could totally see him rising up the board when people were saying he was a mid-second round pick I talked myself into thinking that he might be there and listen it's possible that happens because we know the pre-draft process is long and you never know how this is going to shake out but I wouldn't be surprised at all if Becton ends up in the top 15 certainly a possibility to go to the Giants because we know that that's what Dave Gettleman likes Let's talk about media now, Clay. Who'd you get a chance to talk to? What were some of the highlights of the personalities there? And what were some of the other things that you learned walking around, talking to other people at the Senior Bowl practice today? Yeah, so I was, I was able to talk to quite a few guys today. Uh, I was able to talk to Eno Benjamin, the running back from Arizona State, Jonathan Grenard. Uh, we spoke about him earlier. Uh, I, I, I wasn't. There was a few guys that I got videos of and put them on Twitter, but I didn't talk to, such as, Justin Herbert, uh, Javon Kinlaw, but and 
those two guys, obviously, we don't really need to talk about because they won't be Jet players. But uh, I really, I, I really, I spoke to Jonathan Grenard and Nick Harris the most, the center from Washington. Uh, I actually spoke to Harris today and yesterday because when I was picking up my credentials, Harris was around, and I went up to him and spoke for a little bit. And I, I was talking to him. I was kind of just like, uh, we were kind of just like messing around. It wasn't anything official. And I told him like, hey man, like the Jets need a center, and I'm looking right at you, like you're because you're one of the top guys. And uh, I don't know, I'm Nick Mangold to Nick Harris. I like the sound of that. <laughs> and uh, he's like, yeah, like Nick Mangold. Like that's like that's my go-to. That's the guy I watch. Like he's he's incredible. He's he's been a huge influence on my game. Blah blah blah. And like he's he was Nick Harris was a very genuine guy. He's someone that I would I'm more than happy to keep following. And then even today I spoke to him. He gave me a couple minutes of his time today. And he's just a really a really stand-up guy. And I really I, I like his game. He's he, I watched a lot of his tape before this week. I have him as a mid to late second round pick. And so if the Jets take him with that with the 48th pick, I believe they have right now, I would not be upset at all. Uh, he's a very athletic center. He can he can get down. He can get to the second level. He can pull out. He's not your prototypical like big like beefy center, um, but he will move very well, probably better than most centers in this draft. And then as far as Grenard goes, like he's another guy, like I spoke about him. I don't need to go too much in depth with him as I spoke about him earlier, but he's another really nice guy. And he gave me a lot of time. Like I, I told him I was a Gator fan and, and uh, it, it kind of just clicked from there. And he's just a really good guy. He spoke about Ty Grantham and what he meant for him uh, after, especially after dealing with that injury that he dealt with in Louisville. And, he he's just excited to get back on the field. Like I, I believe, I truly do believe that he can get into the second round range. Wouldn't even be shocked if he was a late first round pick, just based off what he does in this week. And even in this his past this last season, he put up ten sacks in the SEC, which is nothing to scoff at. Like so, those are the two guys I got the most time with. But I was able to talk to quite a few others as well. Sign me up for Harris or Hennessy at center. I would be more than happy to have either one of them here, especially Hennessy because I think they could get him later in the draft, and I need the Hennessy brothers as a thing in my life. Absolutely waiting for that storyline to happen. I'm here for it 100%. Any other highlights down in Mobile today, Clayton? Uh, I mean, actually, there was one other guy, I believe, uh, I just remembered that gave me a lot of time. That was not the Lamar Jackson that's going to be the MVP of the league. But the Lamar Jackson cornerback from Nebraska, uh, he gave me a lot of his time. He's a very confident dude. I, I love that out of a cornerback. I, I haven't gotten around to his tape yet. I need to uh, – I, I, I was ma- mainly watching the offensive and defensive line during his team's practice, so I wasn't able to watch him today. But he was just a really confident guy, and obviously you want that from that cornerback position. Like we see Richard Sherman, we see Darrell Reeves, especially especially now with, the, with their beef going on. And – just how dominant they are throughout their careers. I'm not saying that Lamar Jackson is as talented as those guys, but he's as confident as those guys in terms of his talent. And he's definitely a guy that I'm I'm really going to pay attention to at least tomorrow and immediately when I get home. Because I just just like that demeanor about a guy that plays a position that needs that kind of swag. What's the plan the rest of the week down at the Senior Bowl for you, Clayton? Tonight we're going to be going out to a couple places, meet up with some people, hopefully run into some more uh, head, uh, head coaches, offense coordinators like I did last night with uh, a certain Matt Rule and Joe Brady. And 
who knows, maybe I can catch some scoop. But then uh, tomorrow I'll be going back to the practice for the first team's practice, and then I got to head back over to Orlando for a seven-hour drive. <laughs> Before you go, any interesting gossip that you picked up in the bars night one or anything you heard about the Jets in passing? No, unfortunately, I haven't heard anything crazy. I, I, the past couple of years, I've been able to get some scoop, but uh, who knows? I, that's a long night, so ho- I'm hoping I can get something uh, something juicy for you for the next show. Tell Connor Rogers to introduce you to Matt Rule and get you an exclusive interview that we can play the audio from. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I was I was able to get a handshake with Matt Rule, and that was about it. Uh, I spoke. To, I actually was able to speak to Joe Brady for a, for about a, like a minute or two. Uh, honestly, it was mainly about the office, but uh, it was a good time meeting those guys. Did you tell him you wish you were here? Oh <laughs> uh, no, no, I didn't want to bring that up because he, maybe he would have gotten mad at me. <laughs> yeah, you don't want Matt Rule mad at you. He seems like a guy that's real easy to deal with until you poke the bear. So I wouldn't want you to do that. Clayton Smarslock down in Mobile, Alabama for senior role practices. Clayton, thanks so much. We're going to check in later in the week. In the meantime, plenty on your Twitter while the practices are going on, while the media stuff's going on. So if people want to follow along and get everything minute by minute, how can they do that? Yeah, I mean, I'm doing everything through Twitter this year. Uh, so just follow me at C. S-M-A-R-S NFL Draft. That's C-Smars NFL Draft on Twitter. There you go. Go ahead and follow Clayton. You will get live coverage down at the practices, but we'll get extended, expansive coverage here on Play Like a Jet. As we know, unfortunately, the last few years, really the last 10 years, the highlight of the year for Jets fans has been draft season because the Jets generally have really high draft picks, so we're waiting around to see what they can do. This year, they've got picks in all the key rounds. In fact, they've got two third-round picks and a high one from the Giants, and on top of that, you get the new general manager. Everybody is anticipating what he's going to do, so this will be a really fascinating draft, and this is a window into some of these prospects. And as you know, when it comes to draft season, sometimes you're dealing with prospects that are pretty risky. They might have off the field issues. They could have injury histories or they could be much safer prospects. Guys that might not have huge upsides, but you more or less know what you're getting. Curious to see which way Joe Douglas goes. We know that Mike McCagnan typically liked to play it safe. Not so sure I love that strategy for the draft, but I do like it when it comes to home security, and that's why your best move, if you're looking for somebody to secure your home, is to go with the people at Simply Safe. If there's a break-in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime, and that means police dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you when anyone's approaching your home. Entry motion and glass break sensors guard the inside. And Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning with 24 hour a day, seven day a week monitoring by live security professionals. Protect your home with Simply Safe. Go to simplysafe.com slash overtime today and get free shipping on your order plus a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com slash overtime to save on home security today. Simplysafe.com slash overtime. Clayton, thanks again for coming on. We'll talk at the end of the week to wrap things up from Mobile. 
In the meantime, like I mentioned, follow along with Clay on Twitter because he's going to have minute-to-minute updates from the practices. And if you haven't listened to our most recent podcast yet, go ahead into the archives and check them out. Yesterday, we had the second installment of our look back at the Rex Ryan years, found out who Rex Ryan's first choice to play quarterback in 2009 really was. Plus, we talked about Rex the Recruiter, Mike Tannenbaum the Wheeler and Dealer, and the new potential franchise quarterback that the team brought in. So fun look down memory lane. And as I said over the next couple of weeks, a lot of stories from Anish that you've never heard before. On Monday, we started the Sam Darnold project, going back and grading every play and every game of Sam Darnold's NFL career so far. We got through the first three games of his rookie season. Michael Nania has a grading system that he put together when he went back to watch all of these games. It's open, it's transparent, it's easy to understand, and he explains it thoroughly. A big difference from PFF, who do none of those things. So this is your opportunity to see what Sam Darnold's performance has really been like. We're not talking about box score stats. We're not talking about PFF and their weird criteria that nobody can understand. It's plain, it's simple, it's easy to grasp. So make sure you check that out. And if you missed the mailbag over the weekend with the very big deal Chris Nimbley, you know that's always a lot of fun. We're going to be doing another one this coming weekend. So if you've got questions, hit us up on Twitter with them. The mailbag this past weekend, just like the one that will come up this weekend, will have plenty of football questions, plenty of questions surrounding the Jets, but also stuff that has nothing to do with football. Sometimes people want to ask questions about movies, TV, food, places to go on vacation. I'm serious. In the last mailbag, we had somebody who listens from the UK saying he's coming to New York on a trip later this year and wanted to know where he should go and what he should do for parts of the trip. So if you're looking for travel advice, we're here for that too. We will have the mailbag coming up this weekend again. So like I said, hit us up on Twitter if you've got questions. Tomorrow we'll be back with a brand new episode featuring NewYorkJets.com reporter Randy Lang, who was a beat reporter covering the Jets for 17 years with the Bergen record, which is now NorthJersey.com. One of my favorites is going to be a huge privilege to have him on the show. We're going to talk about his article involving Winston Hill getting into the NFL Hall of Fame finally after all these years. Well-deserved. Four Pro Bowl selections, four All-AFL selections, the best offensive tackle in the history of the franchise, and one of the best offensive tackles in NFL history. Incredible combination of speed, athleticism, agility, and power. Randy did a fantastic article talking to some of the guys that played on the offensive line with Winston Hill and produced an awesome profile at NewYorkJets.com. So we're going to talk about that. Plus, Randy had some other cool pieces and profiles to end the season. He spoke with Foley Fadakasi, Sam Ficken, James Burgess, and Randy also did an end-of-the-year quick hits where he had some really cool factoids in the mold of what you see sometimes from Michael Nanius. So we're going to talk about all of that on the show tomorrow. And then on Friday, Clayton will be back to give us a wrap-up from the week in Mobile. Before we go, just wanted to remind you that if you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, we really appreciate it if you could. If you enjoy the show and you're looking for a way to help out, this is an easy way to do it. It doesn't cost you any money. It doesn't take you much time, but it does a lot for us. So if you could do it, we would really be grateful. Thanks again for listening. And remember, for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. It's Turn on the Jets Digital and Turn on the Jets. Dot com.